Well, good evening, everybody. This is Point and Click Radio. We just had a little uh, sidebar with some of the other shows that uh, are featured here on KZYX and KZ, KZYZ. This is the regular alternate Wednesday night computer program, Point and Click Radio. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde. Well, how are you tonight, Jim? I'm well, Bob. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm well, thank you. And it is good to see you and good to be back. This is our first show since the beginning of the month. Yes. Um, schedules and whatnot um, prevented us from doing the show a couple of weeks ago, but we're here now. Toby at the point and click research desk has the night off. Her parents are visiting. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she, visiting with them. She's not on and assignment. She shows her parents instead of the point and click research desk. I don't understand the one. Yeah, I know. But what are you going to do? Priorities. Well, yeah, yeah. Honestly. Anyway, it's been a lot. It's been a busy month. Um, Elon Musk finally, I guess last month, pushed through his acquisition of Twitter by uh, getting a whole lot of loans. And the first thing he did when he came into Twitter, and I'm not much of a Twitter user. I don't know if you're much of a Twitter user, Jim. I'm not. This show actually has a Twitter account, and it's had it for about 10 years, I think. It's, don't follow us. <laughs> it, no, don't follow us. It's uh, at Point Click Radio, if you're curious. I haven't looked at it since uh, Elon walked through the door, but um, yeah. occasionally I'll, I'll retweet something, and I, I think we had a, like two, three or four followers, maybe. <laughs> Ah, it was just to have a web presence, you know, and, and Twitter, you know, it's free to have an account on Twitter. And it's actually fun to look at some of the journalists and uh, academics and uh, important people and stuff that's going on. And Twitter's a good way to do that. But the, it's kind of up in the air what's going to happen to the platform now. Well, um, Elon Musk kind of basically pulled out a pin of a hand grenade and threw it into the room and just, you know, laid off half the company's workforce. You've read about it. You know, we haven't covered it that much on the show because the whole thing has been more kind of, you know, corporate soap opera than well, like, technology like, and computers. Like the broadcasters say, it's it's like Japanese baseball, you know, it's that kind of like, <laughs> that. Well, it's not, yeah, it hasn't been tech-related. It's been a tech company. Yeah. But, you know, if, if all of this was going on with a, a, a company that made soup, um, then, you know, basically the same kind of crazy management and mismanagement could be taking place yeah. in now, any industry. It just happens to be in the tech industry. It, However... Jim, is this the first time Elon's thrown a hand grenade somewhere? as far as you know <laughs> i think he kept kind of has a belt pack he has a them. belt um, pack yes he by all accounts he is a uh, he is a complicated and often difficult individual um other words can be used to describe him but not on a family-oriented program and like apparently apparently he's never really come up with an original idea he's he's kind of like i i you know I just, he's kind of like the guy that transfers into your high school in, in your senior year, steals your girlfriend, and then runs to become uh, president of the student council, you know, and then gets a lot of glory for just showing up, you know, although he hasn't really done anything. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with all of that. I mean, you know, SpaceX. Oh, maybe not SpaceX the girlfriend part. With Starlink, oh, and by the way, there's there's some Starlink stuff too uh, that we can talk about on the show if we have time. Yeah, those are very original. You know, were those ideas that he woke up with a start and pulled off his sleeping cap and wrote them on a notepad right on her bed. Oh, okay. 
bedside table? I don't know, but certainly there are things that never been done before. You know, Tesla is a whole different story, and there's a really interesting book called Power Play that um, that that, that uh, people can check out if they're interested in the power power play that um, that that led to his um, being at the helm of, of Tesla. Yeah. Um, but all of that is, you know, is really kind of beside the form, b- b- point in, in terms of this show. I mean, I think what, what I want to cover, what we should cover talk tonight is some of the, um, uh, the ramifications of uh, the power of social networks. And yeah. Facebook factors into that. They've just been hit with another big fine by the uh, the European Union. And some of the uh, – and we can also talk about some of the kind of uh, – um, you know, the bickering between tech giants that is going well yeah on. And it's not even just bickering but it's legitimate um it isn't uh, it isn't just social networks either i mean there's another example that involves a software company we're going to mention too that affects millions if not billions of uh, of users of these services and it just seems like it can turn on a dime uh, and sometimes in some cases you have no way to protect yourself against the the, the changes that are wrought from this and these are the de- decisions um in the case of musk of just one single individual you know yeah. af- affecting thousands of employees and millions of people who um you know have some kind of a a, a stake in the in the enterprise or the service or whatever that's being delivered yeah, it's it's been a circus, and some of it has been hilarious. I mean, some of the the um, the blue check mark verification, oh, where different people set up paid eight dollars to be able to impersonate Eli Lilly, the giant pharmaceutical company, and posted a tweet saying that uh, from now on insulin was going to be free, and Elon uh, uh, Eli Lilly's stock dropped by four billion dollars in one day. Somebody said this was the best use of eight dollars to fight capitalism. <laughs> in well, it's true, but I mean, you know, if you're a little old lady, nothing. Uh, I'm not, to, or a little old man, or anybody with Eli Lilly's stock, you know, you might have had a, a hard day if you were true. making some financial plans around your investments. Well, if you were spending big bucks on insulin as Eli Lilly charges and were suddenly overjoyed at the fact that it might be free because you read that tweet or somebody forwarded it to you, yeah, both of those could be traumatic. And that, that's just one example of the kind of anarchy that has been going on over on, on Twitter, um, including you know uh, a huge resurgence in hate speech. Um, the restoration of some previously banned accounts, names of whom we will not note. Not mention, no. You can, amen- you can imagine. As a result of some of that anarchy, the European Union, once again, it's kind of the European Union is, 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 is thankfully policing cyberspace in a way that the U.S. doesn't seem to have the guts to do. But the European Union warned uh, just today, Musk, that uh, Twitter faces potential ban in Europe. Theory, I'm reading here from a CNET.com article. Thierry Breton, the European Union's Commissioner for the Internal Market, told Musk that Twitter could be banned in the region or hit with a fine of up to 6% of its global turnover if the company doesn't stick to the EU's rules on content moderation, according to the Financial Times. The the EU, yeah, and that's um, the EU, uh, I think it might have last year, passed a law called the Digital Services Act, which has very strict um, guidelines for 
um, things like hate speech and uh, required moderation of content on social networks. And, um, and uh, the EU told Musk, quote, he must end his arbitrary approach to reinstating banned users, must pursue disinformation aggressively, and must agree to an independent extensive audit by Twitter next year. Twitter did not respond to a to a request for comment. And yeah, and they're gonna um, they're actually gonna do a, a, an in person audit, I guess, of what they're uh, you know before the deadline. They're going to do an in person audit to see uh, how how well they're complying. So there's a lot of pressure on him to do a lot of what would have to be considered uh, expensive procedures, you know, to make sure that the service is going to be uh, acceptable to the European Union. Yeah. And he came in, you know, firing staff and um, closing down positions and wanting to um, increase the uh, income in ways other than just the advertising, which I guess was primarily how Twitter was was paying the bills and, and the employees yeah. was through the advertising. Yeah. But since he came in and with his hand grenade... <laughs> Advertisers have been uh, have been dialing back their their uh, involvement with Twitter, and so it's, they've been running for the doors, including amazingly Eli Lilly. Yes, <laughs> amazingly Eli Lilly. <laughs> Imagine that. But also, and this leads to something you're going to mention uh, a little in a little more detail. Apple, who has done a lot of advertising on Twitter, is dialing back too. Yeah. And wasn't there some connection between? Uh, Elon Musk and Apple CEO Tim Cook? Yes. Well, there are a couple of angles there, and that is that, you know, the Apple App Store, um, then that's the place where uh, those of us who have iPhones or iPads download apps. It's the way you install apps on your phone or your iPad uh, is... Um, Fairly heavily, I don't want to say policed. There are very, there are very strict guardrails about um, the kinds of content that apps can provide. Um, you know, there are no porn, there are no adult uh, apps on the App Store, for example. Um, the Parlor website, the social network uh, that became particularly popular among um, uh, far right um, uh, people. Pardon me. Um, was banned for the app from the Apple App Store for a while um, until they said that they uh, you know, published that they had content moderation policies in place. Well, with this new anarchy going on on Twitter and the um, increase in racist and homophobic and hate speech, Apple has threatened to ban the Twitter app from the app store which of course would be would, would be huge it wouldn't be impossible for hap, uh, iphone and ipad users to be able to access twitter you could always access it through a browser um through the safari browser for example right but that's not nearly as uh, easy and streamlined and convenient as accessing it through the um the app itself and google is in the same kind of position of holding all the cards because for the Android folks, uh, the Google Play Store is where they get their apps, and, well, um, and Google also has some pretty strict regulations about uh, about content, uh, the kind of content that apps can can surface. Now so I don't, I, do it too. I don't know for sure, but um, 
I think with Android, don't they have something called side loading? Don't they have an alternative to the Google Play Store? I mean, I think that's there is, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's another. one thing that people always tout about the Android platform is that you have it's a, a more open platform. Yeah. Uh, as far as putting stuff on, Apple has what they call the what people refer to as the walled garden, meaning the wall. Yes, only stuff that Apple allows into the garden can go on your Apple device. And for most people, that that pretty much guarantees the um, that the software is reliable and and free from spyware and malware, viruses, and all, yeah, all those sure. kinds of things that can come in if you if you don't have a complete control over the the quality and the source of your software. Although that's been uh, that's been defeated through some s- sneaky behaviors too. But they're pretty good about getting on top of that stuff. Yeah, and for the and you know there are always or often ways to you know um, backdoor load things, but um, for the vast majority of people, they use the they use the regular App Store or the Google Play Store for that matter. So right. so that's one possible yes, that's one point of of contention between um, uh, uh, Elon Musk and and Apple. The other is that uh, is Apple's thirty um, percent cut that Apple takes of purchases that are made within an app. And um, Twitter is going to be rolling out, hopefully, an improved, debugged version of the verification system that costs eight bucks um, and other kinds of extra cost items, which you would, as a Twitter user using the app, you would purchase through that app. Yeah. And if that was $8, then Apple would take a 30% cut. Well, um, Musk calls that a secret 30% tax even though it's not secret at all it's and it's not, well ta- it's not a tax and it's not a tax it's a it's a this it's is a our markup cut. it's, it's a, their deal it's a markup <clears throat> like like when you walk into a store with the that's brick and mortar and they have to pay for the lights and the heat and the and uh, you know the security guard at the front door they have to mark up the products they bring in that you know you can't yeah. uh, so and especially since um, apps like uh, Twitter and you mentioned also Netflix uh, is another one, um, those apps are free to download to your iPhone or your iPad. You know, it's a completely free service that comes with owning that product. And Apple is providing the facilities and the you know the electrons to make that thing happen. So they they have to have some way to pay for that infrastructure, even if it's just delivering a free product. And there's also a lot of uh, apps on the App Store that uh, I think people call freemium. You know, you can get it for free and use some basic features. But if you want to export it to a PDF or something like that, then you can pay an additional what they call in-app purchase. And Apple takes 30% of that. So that's how Apple winds up paying for the um, service of providing that software for free originally. So it's kind of a complicated issue, and it has good points and bad points. And the bad points for a lot of these companies is they see Apple taking this uh, commission or cut or tax off of stuff that they developed. But um, I think they're getting a little used to uh, a friction-free environment where nothing costs anything except (laughs) the money that rolls into your bank account. And there are some potentially valid arguments with some because Apple has been shown to to show favoritism from uh, to, uh, to some de- developers if they're particularly interested in well Netflix is a good example Netflix really really Apple really really wanted Netflix to do it 
to do apps for its devices, the phone, the iPad, and the Apple TV. Obviously, Netflix, it's important to have an app for if, if you're making hardware. Um, and in order to kind of uh, encourage Netflix to do that, Apple waived that 30% um, uh, cut off the top um, so that if you download that free Netflix app and you decide that you want to subscribe to Netflix, um, Netflix doesn't have to pay that 30%. So that well, was kind of a favor. Didn't they lower it? I don't think they just bypassed it. Didn't they lower it to a smaller percentage? They may have lowered it. In any case, they yeah. showed a degree of favoritism. And that's what some developers are crying foul about. And, you know, hey, that might be, you know, Apple's prerogative as a, as a, as a company that has a responsibility to, to its shareholders to make a profit. Um, you can like it and you can not like it, but then there's the rules. Um, but anyway, but, but that is another area that, um, that that uh, Elon Musk is uh, is is barking to Apple about. Apparently today, um, he met with Apple CEO Tim Cook, and toured the uh, Apple headquarters in uh, in Cupertino. Uh. Um, we shall see. We'll see what 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 the results are. Uh, well, I think Tim is partly concerned if the uh, service and the content on Twitter Twitter degrades below what Apple would consider to be their standard. He wouldn't have any choice. Yeah, you know, if the whole thing goes yeah, to, to totally. hell, hell in a handbasket, Apple's not going to want to have that app on there. You know, just like the the right wing hate hate programs uh, that they uh, yeah. wouldn't allow on there. It's and, and just uh, just I think yesterday it was that uh, Twitter dropped its COVID nineteen misinformation policy. So that is something again that the european union is really taking notice of because one of those uh conditions of the digital services act in the eu is um pursuing information disinformation aggressively so why, um, why would um, they drop that policy that makes no sense to me is he just trying to show how how um libertarian he is and you know it's free speech so-called it's just I, I can't imagine what it's like to work there um, you know, the seven people who are left. <laughs> well, one of the seven it's people... It's got to be such a miserable environment. One of the seven people who are left is not the um, uh, the leading trust and safety person uh, at Twitter. Um, his name is uh, Yoel Roth, and he just left. And he there's an article in the New York Times. I was the head of trust and safety at Twitter. This is what could become of it. Um, and this is actually from uh, about two weeks ago, and um, he goes through a whole lot of the uh, uh, reasons why he he really wanted to stay there to try to guide the ship, in, you know, to stay in the, you know, stay out of the choppy waters that might capsize the whole thing. But he, he just couldn't do it. He just he finally had to throw in the towel. But it's a really uh, revealing article uh in the it's a new york times opinion piece uh guest essay i was the head of trust and safety at twitter this is what could become of it uh november 18th 2022 uh written by um yoel roth mr roth is a former head of trust and safety at twitter yeah. And, you know, I mean, on, on the one hand, you can say, well, who cares? You know, it's a kind of a weird website where, you know, people rant and, in, in, uh, you know, 280 character um, uh, uh, passages. But um, it's also true that Twitter is has been used for 
uh, organization of, of protests in other countries, um, the whole Arab Spring uh, set of protests that happened some years ago were hugely um, uh, uh, protesters, activists, hugely relied on Twitter to do everything from, say, this uh, there's a protest happening at this location at this particular time to, you know, the police are on that other intersection of, and avoid that one. Um, it's also a great inf uh, up-to-the-minute source of information from places like CAL FIRE and, uh, you know, Office of Emergency Services. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and so, you, you can um, join Twitter, have a free account, not post anything yourself but um follow things like the local police fire sheriff and, and environmental groups and it, you'll see what goes in their twitter stream and it's a good source of of local news it's very easy to uh to dial in something on on your stream that's just to what your preferences are if you have a favorite author or journalist you know um oh and did you hear the whole thing about stephen king and his blue check <laughs> no. Oh, uh, Stephen King, the the famous uh, horror fiction author, yeah. uh, was absolutely outraged that um, Twitter was going to start charging uh, people with the blue check. Now, we should explain to people if they're not familiar with Twitter, a blue check is next to your name or your handle that you that you uh, use when you post to Twitter, which will show up in your posts. It's a little icon of a black check mark on a blue background i think or a blue circle something like that yeah it's a distinctive uh mark that twitter was giving out to people who could um prove that they were really who they said they were right like our our favorite um <laughs> radio host harry shearer has the harry shearer at the harry shearer and you know uh, he had he has the show and he has a blue check mark next to his name because he's you know he's the real harry shearer and uh, anybody else that calls themselves that isn't going to get a blue check mark and this was actually uh people who were worked for the new york times if they were a writer for the new york times they would just get they would send them a whole you know a whole box car full of blue check marks and they would all get blue check marks and people you know that work for news organizations and and stuff like that publishers would get the blue check marks and it was just a way to legitimize their content and stephen king's point was I'm providing free content for your platform. I have, you know, XDX million followers or whatever. Why should I be paying you for this blue check mark that proves I'm me, you know, right. when it's of a right. benefit to you? And he said, forget it. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. Oh, no. I, they wanted like $20 or something. And, and after Stephen King, um, uh, complained about 20 bucks complained about the 20 bucks uh musk said back well what about eight would you settle for eight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. so the, the whole thing is kind of crazy but to me it's i don't know this is it's emblematic of how quickly things turn in the tech industry because there's so little friction you know these electrons move around all over the the world and even into outer space instantly at the speed of light and things happen really quickly. Is Twitter going to go down? Is it just going to completely crash? Is, is That's what people have wondered about. I mean, even just from a mechanical and technical perspective, yes. there are fewer people working on server maintenance and just keeping the site up and running. And um, there were even a couple of outages over the last week. And um, 
I would be surprised if it just went down entirely. I think it's, you know, it's going to be a really interesting kind of probably six months or so to see what happens to Twitter in terms of um, advertising, in terms of, uh, of their revenue, um, what they uh, resolve with Apple, what they resolve for the European Union. And there are so many ifs that um, if I worked there, I would be, I would be, Definitely polishing my resume. Oh, a lot of people are probably. Just, well, <laughs> yes, many had to. Yeah, um, and I'm sure many still are because it's just such a weird. Um, it's just a mess. Well, I think it was it was earlier this year that he proposed uh, that he buy Twitter, wasn't it? Uh, and yeah. they said sure, forty uh, four billion dollars, and he said sure, it's a deal. And then he started making noises like, well, there's a lot of uh, bots and fake accounts. You know, I don't know if I want to pay that for this. And apparently they took him to court or there were lawyers involved and he had to, it was a deal and he had to make good on the deal. Yeah. I thought he was just going to pull the um, money out of his piggy bank and buy Twitter because he's the world's richest man at this point, I guess. But apparently he had to uh, arrange financing for it, and that's why he's doing all this thing about wanting to charge for the blue checks and that kind of stuff, you know. And it it's, seems like it's taken a strange turn from where it was originally sort of predicted to go. Yeah, and it's, it's also kind of amazing to see the impact that just one person can have on a service that you'd think is is huge you know a quarter of a billion users worldwide and uh and you know um and and seven thousand or so employees at the time um that one person can come up and just with with that one hand grenade tossed into the headquarters lobby could wreck that much havoc it's kind of amazing well, it's amazing, but um, one person can go into a pharma company and decide to charge ten times the going price for insulin, and and yes, that's true, and and create a lot of havoc. And that seems to be one of the things that's going on in this country right now is this sort of unregulated, uh, uh, you know, Wall Street stock market based capitalism that has these unpredictable turns. So who yeah. knows? Who knows what's going to come out of all this? Uh, I do have to read this one quick comment on that article. Um, the opinion from the uh, Twitter uh, trust and safety manager. This is from Kate in Argonne. <laughs> Her comment is, after Mr. Musk destroys Twitter, perhaps he would like to purchase Facebook next <laughs> and run it into the ground, too. If he did this, he would actually be benefiting society greatly. I love that That's comment. Great. That's good. Facebook well, Speaking of Facebook. Yes. Um, and speaking, and before that, we should note that this is Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show on KZYX and Z, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, Willits, and Ukiah, and, and Fort Bragg. Uh, Bob Lawton and yours truly, Jim Hyde, with you as we are every other Wednesday, bringing you computer news and opinion and taking your calls and questions, which we will do um, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll give out the phone numbers and, uh, and, and, and welcome your calls. But in the meantime, um, just uh, two days ago, uh, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, was fined $275 million for breaking the European Union's data privacy law. The penalty imposed by Irish data regulators brings EU fines against Facebook's parent company to almost a billion dollars since last year. 
Um, reading here from uh, the New York Times article, in the latest penalty against Meta for violating European privacy rules, the tech giant was fined roughly $270 million on Monday for a data leak discovered last year that led to the personal information of more than 500 million Facebook users to be published online. Wow. I wonder if the 500 million were only in the EU, if they were EU citizens, and if that was the grounds, or if it was just the principle of that happening um, and possibly affecting EU users as well as other users worldwide. I wonder how that... I think it's... I think, it's a, it's, uh, I think users worldwide were affected, but in this case, it is a violation of EU data protection laws okay um which again um the eu is doing a better job of policing cyberspace than uh, than the than the united states and and uh, other countries are um uh, the the penalty was imposed by ireland's data protection commission ireland is still in the eu <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. The Republic of important Ireland. To, yeah. Important to, to point out. Yes, yes. That's that's really interesting. Hey, we do have a call coming in, so we should just jump on the phones and see what our Let's lis do it. listeners have to say. Maybe they're Twitter users or Facebook users or none of the above. And we also want to mention the thing about Adobe and Pantone. We'll get to that later, too, when we get back on uh, on our topics. <laughs> Hi, caller. You're on the air. Hey, um, <clears throat> I think I have a relatively simple question. Oh, great. I have currently an HP laptop. Uh, it's old. It has Windows 8. I am thinking about buying uh, the same HP laptop with Windows 11, and I'm wondering what what the possible problems are with windows 11 that i might need to look out for well you and i will take your answer off the air thank you okay well i have to ask you something really quickly um is your laptop still working okay i guess, I guess maybe she's already hung up um so my first question to our caller would be why not just update your current hp from windows 8 to windows 11 what do you think jim well, if it's an old machine, as she said, um, it may not have the 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 the, heart, the the horsepower to run the new operating system. That's three Windows versions ago, and um, it may well be that she just needs a uh, um, newer hardware in order to be able to uh, you know uh, to to run. The uh, the latest operating system. It's possible. The machine is yeah. starting to hold. You know, if it's starting to sh uh, show its age, it's slow down, and maybe it's got a small hard drive um, or just a limited amount of RAM, like you know, um, you know, eight gigs or something like that. Then um, you know, getting a new one probably makes a lot of sense. You know, when uh, you when you put it that way, the cost of adding or changing components to to uh, refurbish the machine i keep thinking in terms of overpriced apple hardware <laughs> you know yeah, right. oh, hp laptops are a heck of a lot cheaper and that is exactly uh, a very if, good it's, point. if it's one that has windows 8 on it it's gonna 
you're going to get a whole lot more money, uh, a whole lot more for your money buying a machine with Windows 11 pre-installed with all new components and everything like that. If it's a Windows 8 machine, it could have a, uh, probably has a, a revolving uh, hard drive, you know, a disk a hard drive. Exactly, yeah. And the new one will for sure have a solid-state drive, which will be way more efficient and uh, and you know, as to her her question, what kinds of you know gotchas might she encounter? Um, one is that you know there, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve because you know I mean the pull down menus and the mouse and the trackpad or the pointing device, all that stuff is works pretty much the same. But there's going to be things that have moved around a little bit, so you know give yourself some time to um, to, to get the lay of the land and the. The biggest issue, though, is the application programs that um, that the caller uses. Um, when we talk about this all the time, whenever we talk about upgrading, uh, upgrading the operating system, and that is that older application programs, um, the Photoshop's of the world, um, you know, Microsoft Office, whatever. Um, often don't run uh, for, for old versions often don't run on the newest operating systems right and so you might be looking at doing some upgrades of programs that you use and um and rely on so um so that's an important thing to think about also anytime you're upgra upgrading uh, mac or windows yeah also if um caller has uh, existing work on that machine transferring it over can be a little bit of a technical challenge too yeah right you know if you have photographs uh, documents you've authored in word processing programs or uh, in uh, notepad or anything like that getting all of your uh, personal files off and onto the new machine uh, it's it could be um, a case where the best thing might be to find a, a technician who knows how to do this stuff and just um, you know, have them proceed. Go into your local local uh, computer um, service shop or or um, independent place that might have a, a technician you can hire by the hour and and ask them uh, if they could help with that. You know, and then yeah. uh, maybe bring in your old laptop and your new laptop and just have them make the switch over and stuff like that. There's there's stores like that in every town in the county and around around the area. You know, Fort Bragg, uh, Ukiah, Willits. There's stores that work on on PCs and do those kinds of uh, tech jobs. Yeah, there's um, you know, on the Mac, as you know, Bob. There's a there's a there's a tool called the Migration Assistant. Yeah. That helps you move all your stuff from an old machine to a new one, and I'm looking around and, and sniffing around on the Microsoft website, and I don't know that there is an equivalent um, utility in Windows. Um, the, uh, the Microsoft website has some nice articles about how to, you know, like how to use how to use a, an external storage device or how to use the cloud to, you know, move your stuff from one place to another. Right, but. There isn't just a migration assistant kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yes, that's another important potential. Not a gotcha, but just something that you have to look out for and something that you have to um, realize that that's going to be a chore. Um, and, uh, and Bob's advice is right on the mark. Um, getting somebody to do it for you. Who knows how um, a local uh, a local consultant or a local shop that uh, that that can they can make the make the transfer 
from an old machine to uh, to the new machine to make sure that you don't lose all your stuff, your photos, your music, your videos, whatever else you have on in your documents um, on the on the uh, on the old machine. Right. Eight nine five two four four eight area code seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. This is a call-in show. Um, Jim and I will be happy to try to answer your questions or take your comments about any of the topics I'm talking about, or like our first caller of the evening, a question about how to upgrade from a Windows eight machine to a Windows eleven. We got another call. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, caller. Can you turn your radio down? You're on the air. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, can you answer a phone about cell phones? Yeah. I mean, I you can try. <laughs> Maybe. So I'm um, one of those people who needs to use a government phone. I have a, um, a California Lifeline phone. And I wouldn't expect you to have a lot of information about this, but I, I'm hoping you might help a little bit. Um, they, you know, they hand out phones often. They're three dollar phones, four dollar phones, and um, and they offer services and they're wonderful. Um, but the phone that I've had um, through the California um, Assurance um, Company um, is um, not worked since I got it, and the company is not interested or willing to upgrade or get me a new phone. And I've been trying for a long time. Um, and there's apparently, there's no um, checks and balances. There's no oversight. The um, state officials that qualify you for the program have no connection with the companies that provide mm. the services. So um, I when was suggesting... When yes. you say that the phone doesn't, isn't working, what, what do you mean? Let's start there. I have a flickering screen. Um, I, it won't let me open apps. Um, oh. I, I can't input um, any account information without it disappearing within a very short period of time. Um, I, I can't open any apps. If someone calls me, I can use the phone for about an hour and then it's dead until someone calls me again. So it, 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 it really seems not to work. So and, when you um, say, caller, when you say this is a government phone, you don't work for the government, do you? This is provided as a government benefit? This is um, the Lifeline service. Okay. Um, California Can you contact yeah, can, the, can you contact the uh, Public Utilities Commission? Um, I tried that several times um, when I could get no satisfaction from Assurance, which is I'm told the largest company in the state that manages these programs. Um, they just don't have any customer service, when, and they're in the same. When you got the when you got the phone, was there any print any printed material with information about who to contact if you were having technical problems, or is there like an eight hundred number you can call? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe even yeah, from another. It, no, it's the provider. It's called this company is Assurance Wireless. There are many companies in throughout the United States. Um, and once you're qualified for the program, you're free to go to another company. Oh, okay. The problem is that a lot of the other companies are much worse than this one that's based in California. What brand of phone? Um, what brand of phone is it? Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> I don't even know how to tell you. Um, Does it have a name or anything on the back? Um, is it a smartphone uh, or like just like a flip phone with just the buttons on it or something like that? It's, it's a, 
W-I-K-O is on the back of the phone, and it's a smartphone. Um, but it's not smart. You know, it won't let me. Okay. I can't. <laughs> I can't open Chrome. Can't do anything. But it's a phone. So, it's a phone with a, a touch screen rather than just uh, uh, exactly. the little buttons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. W i k o. Yes. Yeah, that is an Android. Yes. Um, that is an Android smartphone. Um, and do you know who provides the cellular connection? What uh, is it? Verizon or AT and T or Sprint or do you know who who does the? the well, uh, um, I believe it's. It, I believe it might be. I thought it was T-Mobile, okay. um, but um, I know that they're using um, the AT&T towers because the service was so bad that they tried shifting towers. And she did say that to me. And this is all out of Indonesia. Um, that's where the, the limited customer service is. Uh -huh. um, but um, the interesting thing for me is I decided I was just going to buy a phone. So I just spent the last week and a half trying to buy a sales phone <laughs> and um, for something I could afford, looking for an unlocked phone, thinking I could take the SIM card out and put it in. And um, I, I was frustrated by it. Most of them were too expensive where I read the reviews and then I'm scared to buy it. Um, I was going to buy a Moto G. I was going to buy a cheap Samsung. I, I, I ended up talking myself out of it. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to just dive in. So I called Assurance and I said, what phone should I buy? Um, what can I use your SIM card in? And they said, oh, you can't. You can't change the SIM card. You have to buy a phone from us. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're the only people that can sell you a phone that our SIM cards will work in. So I said, oh, I thought, well, that's no good. So I thought, well, I'll call um, Lifeline and see, you know, what other company I could use. And they don't have any information. Zero information. Yeah. You and know, this seems a little out of our wheelhouse, so to speak. I'm not sure what... Uh, it doesn't sound like there's really a problem with the phone itself. It sounds like the provider of the service may, may be substandard or something like well, that. Well, I mean, if, you're, if, the, if the screen is dark and you can't, you know... Um, <laughs> And you, can't, and you can't run apps on it. I mean, that that sounds like the phone is is just frankly broken. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and the day after I got it, I knew the problem, and I called them up and I googled the phone, and it turned out they were on sale for three bucks a piece on eBay and lots of hundreds. So if your tax dollars at work, you know, um, they got paid for it, and they've been paid every month for full data messaging and um, talk um, ever since. Well, can't you can't you just tell them you want to return the phone and get a new one? Won't they do that? I've been trying for a year and a half. You can't you just get another phone and just you know start from scratch i mean is it do you own that phone or is that something that is uh, basically kind of rented to you as long as along with the service no it, it's it's granted to me um it's just not not good um i i will say i've had other companies they're in georgia and tennessee all administered out of california um they don't have any customer service at all and you know those ones have been worse so I know that some people have good luck, and you know, I I'm just kind of feel like um, number one, it's it's a boondoggle first of all, and it's all of our tax money, and, right. and secondly, 
the fact that there's no recourse, there's, there's no interface and there's no recourse with our state agencies. And, and, and they'll tell you, I'm sorry, our hands are tied, we don't know anything about the companies. Well, who, who's, who's providing the lifeline service? That's what you said, it's a lifeline phone. State of California. State of California. It sounds like they're only kind of a, uh, a a starting point. I mean, a jumping off point that then puts you in the abyss of, you know, using one company's phone with another company's cellular service. And, and if you have a technical problem, then the state's not going to help you because they, they're not in the business of making phones. Um, right. They're not right. in the business of providing the phone service. Right. They're just in the business of helping to underwrite the cost of it so it seems to me that you need to somehow get service from these uh the phone the, the company that made the phone um <laughs> oh you mean w-i-k-o yeah yeah oh well since they're sold for three bucks and lots of hundreds on ebay i bet this <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wow yeah, yeah see? Yeah, and, 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 and you and I paid for that phone. I mean, I'm a taxpayer. We paid for this phone, probably at a normal price, and we've been paying every month for me to have the privilege to use it. Um, and, of course, I can't. Um, this is a program for very low-income people, so it's not like this isn't... No, we understand but, that. Yeah. But the fact is that these companies are just taking advantage of, you know, these... these and, and, and to tell you the truth, apparently Assurance is a very large company. Very large. Well, also, the state uh, seems to be not really shouldering the responsibility of making sure that uh, exactly. the device is working for you. I think you should go back to the state and say, you know, here's, the, here's your, your phone, make it work. <laughs> well, uh, you, you call lovely people, there's service operators in Sacramento, and they say, we don't have any information. We don't know the companies. We can give you five more names of five more companies. We don't know anything about it. We can't help you. Yeah. yeah. I think we're running out of suggestions, but uh, good luck with your <laughs> uh, good luck with your phone <laughs> saga. And call, call us back if you find a solution, because there may be other people out there in the same same circumstances that have this this type of service and you know if, if you go to wico if you go to wicomobile.com if you have the ability to run a browser on a different device on a device that works um wicomobile.com there's a um you know there's information about sending in a uh a, a, an inoperative inoperative product um they have a 24 month guarantee from the date of purchase um and oh. there's information about um uh you know you can choose what phone model you have and then um get information for the warranty and 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 how to <laughs> send it back and so that might that might help too yeah. that might be worth may I ask you one short question and this is general um normally you can change the sim card out if on an unlocked phone though isn't that true it depends on the phones. I mean, for more and more phones now are not using actual SIM cards. They're using like software-based SIMs. So that that is a huge question. That you know, it's too broad a question to be able to say, yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, 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 well. Thank you. I just didn't know whether I was just totally off the wall and I was, you know, totally wrong with it, or whether you know maybe with another company it might work. I, 
I don't mind paying for a phone, I, but you know, it, not I, I can't afford the full prices on the phone and the data and everything. So it, it is a it is a problem. But um, thank you for for trying. Well, good luck. And like Bob said, <laughs> if you uh, if you find a solution, um, let us know. We always love to hear follow ups. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for that call. Yeah, that's a tough one. It is a tough one, especially if you're a low-income person and you're relying on this phone to, uh, you know, for the assistance that it's supposed to provide. Yeah. I never heard of Wico, but Wico USA launched in 2019. Yeah, they're a French company that's owned by a Chinese company. So, <laughs> yeah. Good luck. And they're getting. probably made in the same exact factory that the iPhone is made in. That the iPhone is made in, yeah. We got one more call. We're getting close to the end of the hour. Let's jump on this and make it fast. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, uh, thanks for the great programming. Uh, very informative. You have, uh, in the past, dabbled in some of the sciences, uh, a little bit uh, offbeat from your normal uh, pattern there. And I heard on Marco Warman, the world tonight, that there was a meteorite discovered in uh, Africa and uh, dissected by some Canadian scientists. And there are some new minerals that have been found. Wow. Yeah. And now it's in the hands of, of uh, another nationality. And it just sounds like a gold mine. When was this discovery? Well, I, I just heard about it on the uh, news tonight, with uh, the World News. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so uh, I don't believe it. I, I think I, I was led to believe that this giant meteorite had fallen some time ago. Uh, and then at the end of the broadcast, they, they, uh, re they reported how much it weighs, and it's like a ton and a half. Wow, and it must have fallen uh, in ancient history to not not have anybody. Yeah, it was a little unclear to me, but there was. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the timeline could be. Uh, I'm sure they'll be dating it. it but be, yeah. I found, a, found an article in the Guardian about it. A team of researchers in Canada say they've discovered two new minerals and potentially a third after analyzing a slice of 15-ton meteorite that landed in East Africa. The meteorite, ninth, the ninth largest recorded at over two meters wide, was unearthed in Somalia in 2020, although local camel herders say it was well known to them for generations. Ah. They named Nightfall in their songs and poems. Wow, that's just cool. Now, Amazing. Jim, I'm really hoping that they find something and then there will, it will completely revolutionize battery technology. That would be, <laughs> Wouldn't yes, that indeed. be nice? Hey, I want to thank you guys for uh, you know broadening your scope a little bit. It's, oh no, this is fun science. If you, you listen to us, if you listen to us regularly, we're always bringing up features that have to do with with uh, space and uh, and uh, cool things besides just computers themselves. Because there's always computers involved somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for that call. That's fascinating. Good stuff. Yeah, and we managed to finish up with the <laughs> time to hear some thunder and uh, <laughs> maybe a meteorite. And maybe a meteorite or two. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm going to read that as soon as I get home. I I love that idea. That's, yeah, that's uh, that fascinating. They found new minerals. I mean, new minerals do not come along every day. <laughs> no, and I think there's places. Isn't there places in the periodic table of elements for? for new things that we don't have i don't know yeah, well, there's always new boxes yeah new boxes <laughs> yes yes exactly new boxes for things to go in 
Well, cool. Pleasure again, my friend. Yes, great. Um, uh, the uh, the uh, point and click research desk is sorely mixed. Maybe we'll have uh, them back for. Uh, the will be back in two weeks, as mm-hmm. we will definitely be. Yes, back in. yes, indeed. All right, we'll take care, and uh, talk to you in two weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.